Hey, Unashamed Nation, so glad you tuned into the podcast today. We know you're getting a lot of great Bible, and we're loving doing it. I want to tell you about Dad's show, In the Woods with Phil, that's on Blaze TV. I know some of you know about that, and, and right now we're doing a current special called In the Quarantine with Phil. These guys at Blaze TV, they came to us and said, we want a podcast about the Bible. And can you believe that? And so we said, man, we're willing to do it. And so this is an opportunity for you guys to be able to support them and to support what we're trying to do with Dad's show. So I want to let you know about a great savings. The biggest they've ever had is $99 a year normally to subscribe to In the Woods with Phil. You don't get just his show, you get 22 other shows like Mark Ovin and Glenn Beck and a lot of other great people as well. But you can get it right now for $69 a year, $30 off, it's a great deal. You go to blazetv.com slash unashamed and you have two different codes. You can put in Phil or you can put in Jace. Either one will get you the deal, 30 bucks off. blazetv.com slash unashamed, Phil or Jace is your code. So check it out, sign up, the savings won't last much longer and get this thing done and get some good content. I am unashamed. What about you? What you got? What do you got, Dad? You got a letter there. Well, I got a letter. I thought I'd bring it up. This is from uh, Solomon Tom. Solomon, uh, I don't get many letters, dude. I don't. I get a lot of letters, dude, but I don't read them. <laughs> But someone handed me this one and thought, uh, you know, I might ought to look at it. So from old old Tom, I've noticed you and your family are good country folks, excluding Willie. Oh, I, I like this guy. <laughs> this yeah. guy is a- because he's this is this is all he's doing is 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 listening to him. Solomon Toms <laughs> says Willie's just a city boy, low CEO city boy. You are wait better. Wait, 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 what did you say? Low. It says Lowell, L O L. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, boy. Lowell. Then it says CEO no. City Boy. Lowell is not a Lowell word. Lowell is not a it, word. It, it's a uh, acronym. It means laugh out loud. Is that what it means? That's what it means. That's why I, I just told this guy that now the audience knows. I don't read many letters, but I'm reading this one. But you didn't you, laugh out loud. And he's saying, you, you Jace, you and I, I sent this to your son, Jace. You and son, Jace, are my two favorite people. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Well, I didn't well, get a no. letter. Well, I usually don't get it, but I got this one. You're better than him. I know with the probably 1,000-plus <laughs> emails you probably receive every day, you probably never get this because you're super busy, always doing something outdoors or on the water so he sees our lifestyle <laughs> he did say i'm living in an area uh this area i'm not sure but the counties the cities are uh indiana he's from indiana oh i like indiana. this is for you Me indiana too. folks some of the greatest people i've met i've baptized a lot from indiana they've come down here the cities are linton martinsville and luguti Small towns, but very racist towns. Uh-oh. I'm employed by a company, uh, Lugati. Uh, I've been treated differently because I'm not white. Mm. I'm born in Karachi, Pakistan. I got my citizenship when I was young. Uh, due to being adopted by two American citizens, what would you advise? I think he's dating with a little uh, racism. People will look at him. He's he's a, he's a brown man instead of a white man. So. Uh, I just gave him some verse. Blessed are you when you're when you're you're hated, you're excluded, 
when you when you, you they reject your name because of me. Uh, and I did remind him Acts seventeen. I gave him some verses and sent to him. I said, well, read Acts. Your Acts seventeen is a good point because it the verse says from one man. Now listen to this, Tom's from one man. This was Paul. Wasn't yep. It Paul? Yep. Yeah. Explaining to the Greeks. Yeah. Speak explaining to the Greeks about who God is, it, and it says from one man he made. Every nation of men that they should live on the earth. He determines and the time set for them, the exact places, places they should live. Yeah, the exact places where they should live and the exact time, one which race. shows you that, yeah, there's one race, the human race, were created in the image of God. And people immediately go, well, how did, how did he do that? But he did. I mean, what other... Hmm. When you start trying to figure out how that happened through the evolutionary process only, random. I mean, how did and why that, you're there? How did that happen? While you're there, the Apostle Paul said in a statement emphatically, from one man God made every nation of man. He determined the time set for him, exact places to live. He did it so they might reach out and Seek, seek him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. The, the, the kicker is the Apostle Paul was talking, and, they, and, and, and look at their culture and what they built. He was talking to the, the, in the greatest minds in Greece, the Areopagus. The Apostle Paul was addressing the brains of, of Greece. Yeah. And in the middle of that statement, he starts out, God doesn't live in temples built by hand. I notice y'all have all these gods you're worshiping. I even see one to the unknown God. He said, that's the one I'm going to talk to you about. And he gets this diatribe, and in that diatribe, it's good for you, Thomas, because remember, uh, Solomon, remember, Solomon, we're all members of the one race on planet Earth, the human race. My college professors begged to differ. No way. <clears throat> you're Caucasian. You're you're ne Negroid. You're uh, Mongoloid. All these races. Well, that's what they taught me. The atheists. That's what they taught me. I embraced it and said, "Well, I put my answer back on the test when they said, yeah, three races.' And I I I, I played the game. I've soon I've, I've since found out not true. Right. God made us from one man, Adam, and we're all members of the human race, and we are to act like it. But you know what's interesting, Dad? The academia world, they're still going with that. I know I mean, it. They're still trying to keep Full people bore. separated by race, and it's really interesting. I mean, all, but all that the creates field, is racism. The Democratic yeah. Party has camped out there on dividing these races, right. making sure we or stay divided, or whatever. and then under the auspices of bringing us all together, not realizing we all came from Adam. Yeah. We're just members of the human race. Get over it. That's right. And I think as believers, I mean, to our audience out there, I mean, we want you guys to know there's no room for racism in, in being a believer in Christ. I mean, all men and women in Christ are – Think about it. <laughs> if everyone agreed we all came from one man and one woman, Adam and Eve, if they all believe that, I'll just think of the problems that would dissipate just because of that one belief system. Mm -hmm. Now we all came from just just one Adam and Eve, yeah. and they're like, "What? 
they're like, no way. I mean, no. By problem. the way, the the guy that wrote you the letter, the cradle of humanity, began in his neck of the woods. You are correct. I mean, not, not over here. You are correct. <laughs> so, so you think of Galatians three twenty seven and First Corinthians twelve. I thank you for the letter uh, there, Solomon. First Corinthians twelve thirteen. There's. It seems to come up time and time again when someone is baptized into Jesus. Paul would use that. That phrase that when you mentioned the Democratic Party, which they make a big deal about gender equality and oh, then the dividing the races. Never and, stops. Well, what they're pursuing is what First Corinthians twelve thirteen and Galatians three twenty seven says occurs in Jesus. It's true equality. That's right. No matter where where you're from, what you look like, what you did, it's a wonderful thing. Gender money, you are, how much yeah. money you got. I'm like, what you're saying you're for? We have it. All the peoples of the earth brought together as one complete, total equality. The head being Jesus, and people say that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I said, if you had tried. It would bring a whole lot of love back and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what would be the results if you just bought that. But it's a hard sale, and it's hard to figure well, out what why. they don't get that is when Jesus was on the cross, God saw us, everybody, because our sin, you know, Jesus became sin for us, 2 Corinthians 5. And then now... He doesn't see us. He he sees Jesus. Mm-hmm. So no matter and you you've been really good your whole life, your spiritual life of seeing value in people because of that principle. I yep. mean, I even see it around here. Where Every you, where, human being is worth something because Jesus died for all of them. Right. Every single one of and them, and they're made in the image of God. But what I was going to say is, Phil, Phil is because people don't realize where Phil lives. I mean, this is where people come to not be found, and so you got a lot of mischief around you. You got a lot of what they call river rats, what people would call poor white trash. But I, I've been amazed at how Phil, you know, values each person because he knows you know i share jesus with them they realize they they have an identity and a lot of them are real poor and they don't have much going on you were telling us <laughs> earlier about one of their kids was named cricket i was like who names their kid cricket phil said oh that's rednecks i'm like does he have a brother named roach <laughs> i mean <laughs> what's wrong with these people but i think most people- cricket's a she by the way Oh really? Yeah, it's a she. She's it's a she. Her her name she is great. She's a she's, she's a, a great woman. She is. She's a mom's hairstylist. Whole family. She's mom's hairstylist. But sure, but okay. you, you led all of them Which, to Christ, right? Well, I've worked with them off and on, you know. And we baptized one here about. Uh, I got, married got a couple in the, of their Got kids. in the drunkenness and all, his, and, and the son. But I'd shared the gospel with him before, but it has a way of working itself back back mm-hmm. around, and. Uh, so we, we walked down the river down there the other day, and uh, another guy baptized him, but I was there on the premises, you know, and it was a river baptism about, oh, 
10 or 15 cars showed up with him. So, so it was a big event in so his life. So Cricket cut your hair, right? Because Cricket is a I offered to pay her. I said, you ought to take some money, Cricket. I'll pay you money to cut my hair. She said, oh, I wouldn't do that. Not at all, you know. <laughs> Miss Casey, you want some to take this, some of this uh, chicken and spaghetti home with you? So <laughs> so, you know. so now we're trading haircuts for food. That's that, I mean, that's yeah. old school. Oh, i tell you this. I'm glad I'm part of a church, though, that like, you know, because – I've studied with people before, and they're look. I've studied with racists before in this Me area. Too. I mean, you get far enough south down here, and they, these people are racist. But you say, well, "What do you do?" Well, you share Jesus with them because that that principle is what's going to change their heart when they realize that everybody was made in the image of God, including you. But some of them that I'd study with, you know, the first time they visit our church, it's a shock because most churches, from what I've been told, are not interracial you know our church is and uh i remember one one guy i was studying with he he we were sitting there you know because i was thinking well this is good we're singing you know and the sermon is good and he leaned over and he's like there's black people in here and i looked at him i said i hadn't noticed (laughs) (laughs) he said what do you mean i said i hadn't noticed we're 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 all in jesus believers i said some of my best friends have darker skin than I do. I said it's not something I notice. You're noticing it because you don't understand how we all got here. Mm-hmm. Once you understand that and who Jesus is, we're we're all on the cross with Jesus. Have y'all ever noticed that you take a little text like "Reach out to the poor. The poor will always be with you. Reach out to them and share with them and help them." That's what he said. Now look. They will come up with, the human race, 10,000 reasons why you shouldn't reach out to the poor and the downtrodden and you give them food cards and you give a little cash to this one, you get this one out of jail and you work with this one because she's in the rehab. You say, why would you do that? And a lot of people, they'll come up with reasons why you shouldn't help the poor. They'll say, they're ripping you off. They're not. They're gonna go down there and get drunk on the money you gave them. They're gonna go down there. They're just taking advantage of. They'll give you ten thousand reasons why you shouldn't reach out to the poor, which is amazing. And you're like, Jesus said, reach out to them. Mm-hmm. That's right. You said, well, you know, some of them gonna slicky. You said, of course. And it doesn't but, matter what color they are. No. no. You said, well, 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 two weeks ago, one of them slicked two hundred dollars out of you, told you one thing, and did something else. I'm like. It happens. By the oh, way, I've had it happen a hundred. So he, they he, give he, you yeah. reasons why you should never start helping the poor, and once you start helping them, everyone that 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 does you wrong and rips you off for a hundred dollars, or five hundred dollars, or five thousand dollars. I've helped people get in the business, you know, the whole thing. Then they get back to get get drunk again. Somebody said, "Well." You mean you just shucked out that much money and you got ripped off, Phil, or, and you're going to help another one? You say, yeah, just keep it. But he also one. said you'll always have them with you, too, meaning that there's always going to be poverty. That's right. There's going to be people that make mistakes. <clears throat> and that's why he said in him is bigger than that anyway. It doesn't matter. I mean, we're trying to help people along the way, but people want to get into systemic. That's the big word now. I think the church, the kingdom of God, made a critical mistake, an error in judgment when they said – We'll let the government take care of that. Oh, that's right. That's the You bomb. say you shouldn't think like that. You are to participate in helping the poor and tell others to do the same. 
It's our responsibility. They are. We love them. They're human beings. I don't care where they came from or color they are. <clears throat> Just reach out to them, and you help them, and you move on. You keep you keep helping them. So let's uh, let's take a quick break. Tough concept. Yeah, let's take a quick break, and I'm going to share something. So, Dad, I know you spend a lot of time thinking about Mother's Day uh, and Father's Day. What occurred? What occurred to me one day is when I went up there to watch my one of my sons being born, the youngest one, Jephthah. When I saw him emerge forth from the womb of my woman, Miss Kay, I saluted and have continued to do so. Saluted women worldwide in order to be able to do that. So that, that was one brutal thing to watch. So ever they're, since they're th- tougher than you think. They are. Tough. They are. They are amazingly tough. <laughs> well, I like that. That's a, that's a good idea. I saluted women in Mother's Day. They deserve recognition. Well, good. So so we're going to make sure we get some flowers uh, to mom. We got a great company uh, called Books B O U K S, and that's short for bouquet, of course. And uh, you know, especially this, you know, man, we got a pandemic going on. Sometimes, you know, people aren't, aren't even able to see their moms, you know, just going by phone or whatever. So you can uh, go order some flowers, a plant, some kind of gift bundle, and get it to your mom or your wife, who's also a mom, and uh, and take care of them this year. So it's books, B-O-U-K-S dot com slash fill. You enter the code fill, and you get 25% off your entire order. So you're saving some money and honoring your mom. So that's uh, books dot com slash feel and honor your mom or your wife or and all, all moms all moms love flowers that's right see i wouldn't because i think it's temporary they're good but they yep. they love yep. they love them so uh so i got my first mask jace i haven't i've just been kind of avoiding people uh during the quarantine and the pandemic so i had not got a mask this is one of the good ones the n95 and the reason i got it was because uh, samaritan's purse is here locally they're staged on our parking lot at our church because yeah we had tornadoes rip through here i went to the uh tornado zone yesterday yeah well i did too that's why i got a mask i didn't see you well i went to another one they got them all over town but i did a video for them too did you do anything no i just I just wanted to go look. Oh, you just went look. I went with them. Yeah, I went on the Monroe side. Yeah, we were south of the south of the river. It's amazing when you see a tornado. What happens? I I mean, there there were some cars that looked just like they had gone through a, uh, you know, these machines. Yeah, where they they, smash them. That's what they look like. Yeah, I mean they and they look eerily similar. But you could see how far down the tornado hit because it snapped every tree off at the same That's right. place. I mean, just like like toothpicks. Like toothpicks. And it was some of the oldest trees, you know, in Monroe or West Monroe. But. So we had a lot of damage here. Um, thankfully, no fatalities, even though the storm and the, is- and the tornadoes that came through here, you know, once they left here, went across other states, yeah. the 36 people – Lost their lives. So this is yeah, some Mississippi, bad dude. Mississippi guys. Yeah, we seeing some. that. It's like when I pulled up, there was a certain smell about it because you know there's just things are out of place, I guess. But you know, from oil or yeah. whatever, gas, cars, yeah. and But it just it looks like a movie set. Yeah, like a war that, zone. You know, just because you're everything's fine, and all of a sudden there's a quarter mile swath, and yeah. you just look off into the distance, and it just, I mean, destruction. <laughs> All the roofs gone. 
Yeah, and so, it, that was in a real poor community, but I mean, there was there was a lot of people. So I wanted to so. mention to our audience because there's a lot of folks out there that like to volunteer, and these guys are always looking for it. Samaritan's Purse is wonderful. And, of course, we're good friends with the Graham family that started this. And the idea was is we'll help people, like you were saying, in a t- tough time and then try to, you know, meet their spiritual needs. So, And there, I want to say, Al, I mean, they – what was the last time they came? They came in 16. We had the floods here. The flood. They were awesome. Yeah, they, they uh, anchored at our church both times that they've been in our community, so – I mean, we didn't plan on giving a plug for them, but I'm just I'm plugging them. I saw a commercial the other night mm-hmm. that they were, you know. Well, I saw that. they've been in New York with the pandemic and all that. So I wanted to think mention- about it. They built the hospital there to take people who are sick out there. In, what is Central Park? Is that where they did it? Central Park. Central Park, and they even got bad mouthed about that. I'm thinking. Why would you badmouth somebody who just built you a hospital well, I mean, with doctors and nurses? Because you talked about it earlier. It's, it's, it's divisive people. They want to talk about what do you believe about the Bible says about this instead of we got all these sick people, yeah. let's just help them. It's that, it's, like Jace was saying, you got to get that bigger view of trying to help people. At that moment, it's, just, it's not the time to debate our views huh. on homosexuality or anything else. We're trying to help people. You know? Well, right. And you help everybody. They were helping and, everybody. And, and, which goes to what, what Phil brought up. You're not. You know, the community I was in yesterday with that tornado, I mean, that was one of the lowest income areas that we have. Right. They need some help. And I guarantee if you wait on the government, they're going to (laughs) die. It just is not high priority. But I was so impressed at how many people were there with chainsaws and balls of water. And, of course, because we're in the coronavirus Era too. I mean, this whole we're going to stay six feet time. apart yeah. unless you're helping someone who just lost their house and with, well, with a tornado and they're walking down the road saying, "I and got." Three hundred families had to be sheltered, and so now yeah. right, we can't put them in one shelter. So, if you want to check it out to find out what, if you want to see if you want to volunteer for these guys, it's SamaritansPurse.org is their website, and they'll tell you where they're located. And what they do is they bring in some volunteers, their their leadership team, but then they train your local volunteers on how to go mm-hmm. out and help. So I, our church has been blessed both times. Franklin Graham has done a great job with that awesome. and still continues to do they're so. They're wonderful people. So I want to mention one more thing before you get into our text. By the uh, way, before you do it, so uh, uh, Solomon, Luke 6, 22 and 23, Acts 17 – 24 through 28. We read that. Matthew 5, 43 through 48 about love. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Read that, my man, and it'll make you feel better about your situation. Just suck it up and move forward and forgive them and just do good Do good to them. Be good. So uh, time is is ticking on, on something we've been talking about, so I want to remind you guys again, everybody in our unashamed nation, we've got a show on Blaze TV uh, called In the Woods with Phil, and it's a subscription model. So you have to, you know, you just go to YouTube. or And by the way, uh, Blaze TV, not only are they providing our means to do the bo- podcast, but they're also, you know, I don't know if you know this, Dad, but on some of these YouTube and iTunes, sometimes they'll go in and alter content, you know, what you can see, what you can't see. They'll, they'll take down things because these are all – run by big tech companies so they don't agree with something you say they surely can, people wouldn't take away some of the things i've said in my life they too. would they would so anyway blaze huh. tv the good thing is they back i mean you you can always go to blaze tv and watch everything that you're seeing from the podcast we're going to show everything so i love those guys for that they're back in our play so to speak so anyway i just want to mention if you will go there <laughs> blaze tv.com 
and and check out. I mean, not unashamed. That's our podcast. If you'll go there to check out in the woods right now, they're running a special uh, thirty bucks off for a yearly subscription. So you can use Jace or Phil as your promo code. So check that out. It supports Blaze TV. It helps us to be able to do the podcast uh, and Dad Show as well, which is called right now in the quarantine, which is pretty good. So we're in the second part of well. We're at the, the latter last part section. of John 4 after, you know, this woman in Samaria became a voice for Jesus. If he can use her, he can use us, he can use anybody. And then I think it's fitting for our condition right now, looking at it big picture. When Jesus left, he goes back to Galilee, and in verse 46 of chapter 4, it says, Once more he visited Cana and Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. And Jesus says this. I don't think this was a positive statement. We can debate it. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. I mean, am I wrong to sense a little frustration? I think he's not. I think that is definitely a, he's not happy. Which I've said many times. You, if In life, especially in the religious world, a lot of people are searching for the miraculous, and they miss the miracle worker. If you're in good Shape. If you have a good relationship with the one who can do miracles, i.e. Jesus, why are you looking for the miracles? You, you have him. Jesus fried the fig tree. I always go back to this. And when the Pharisees and teachers of the law, the most religious people on the face of the earth, saw what happened to the fig tree overnight – it, they woke up the next morning, they said, whoa, the thing would just shrivel up and gone. Instead of saying, uh, I'm going to volunteer to be with you from now on. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that did it for me. You just touched the thing and you fried it. Instead of that, they said, who gave you the authority to do this? You see the same thing in our redneck world? Oh, no, look, same thing. You can do something amazing. And and in our redneck world, whatever it is, they're like, do it again. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you can't uh, do that again. Yeah, you see what I mean? It, that, oh, yeah. that kind of reminds me of what people <laughs> do, do. Another one. They're like, you know, the Lord gave me a miracle, and they're like, do do another one. <laughs> <laughs> One's well, not good well, enough. Well, what is the point of the miracle? Even when they, uh, in spite of all the miracles Jesus did. They still did not believe in him. That's right. Which is kind of a recurring theme. Let's take a break. So life in the pandemic uh, is life at home, as we know. That's uh, kind of our safe haven, uh, or it should be anyway. So I I guess one of the most important things is, Jay, you have to know that you own your home. (laughs) Yeah. I I think crime... Within the internet and virtual reality is so much up now because people are quarantined and there's. I so think it, you're it's, right. It's a problem. People and, are like, 
I don't really need to come steal things in your house. I'll just steal your house I, online. I'll get the actual right. title and then come rummage through your stuff later. It seems later. crazy, but it's true. And it's a home title theft is what we're talking about. And the FBI calls it one of the fastest growing crimes. And like you said, people can do that from anywhere in the world. So you're opening, you know, the, the internet opens up criminal behavior to everybody. So we got a company, Home Title Lock. Uh, that basically they formed this company to try to protect people's legal title that are digital. I mean, so many are at banks and other places. You don't actually have it in your house, and so you're not sure. So we want to encourage you to go check these guys out, hometitlelock.com. You can register your address. First of all, you find out, make sure you still own your home, especially if you're quarantined in it. If you use the uh, code FEEL, you're going to get 30 days of free protection. So they can give you the first month free. Uh, just for use and feel. So it's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code FEEL for 30 free days. HomeTitleLock.com. Check it out. Well, before I read the rest of the story, you know, Hebrews 2 is my go-to for the purpose of these miracles and signs and wonders. It says, how shall we escape this is Hebrews 2, 3, if we ignore such a great salvation, which we know from Acts four twelve, salvation is found in no one else but Jesus. He, he's the one that saves us. He's the miracle worker. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. So finish all- your finish your where you started with, when when He said, "Unless you people see miraculous signs, right. go on with that guy." Because so it's pretty that's good what story. I was getting back to. Yeah. So He said, "Unless you you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you'll never believe." The royal official said, "Sir, come down before my child dies." Jesus replied. You may go, your son will live. So evidently, and you got to realize Jesus knows. He didn't even go see him. Heart. He, he oh, didn't even go. Love it. I mean, I just absolutely love this miracle. Now, this is a miracle. This is not, a lot of people have God working in their life. When we pray and God heals them, we because we believe that, that that happened. But people say, well, it's a miracle. Well, no, it was God working in our life. It was supernatural. He, a miracle is this. You you just say he's healed, and he's healed on the spot from however many yards or miles away. Okay, well, how did that happen? He has control of atoms and molecules. Now, here we are. The whole world is in full-blown panic, and rightfully so to some degree, over a virus. Yep. I know if I don't read anything else out of this Bible that Jesus Christ has the power over the atoms and the molecules that is causing the problem. Would you agree? Correct. If you can heal someone from that far away, so you say, well, why, how come he just doesn't? Will there be people who love Jesus who die of the coronavirus? Sure. Yes. Well, what happened? Because that's what that's what people who don't believe in Jesus, that's what they point out. They're like, well, what, what happened? Because that situation, having healing in that situation, was not bigger than their relationship that's an eternal relationship 
with Jesus. They, they, they're not dying. That's correct. They're, they're living. They're with Jesus. They're they in Jesus. They they'll, they'll be back, however you want to say it. So that's why these things happen. So then in verse 50, it says, the man took Jesus at his word. I think that's the key phrase mm-hmm. of, of the whole story. Because you would think, well, don't you have to come do something? Don't you have to do a seance? You have to, you have to put your hands on them. But Jesus <laughs> said, you may go, your son will live. I just think about people throughout life who have a kid, you know, maybe dying from cancer or whatever, and they're trying to do anything and everything to get them healed. It would just be very difficult with somebody in that situation to meet somebody who supposedly has some kind of power, and they just in passing say, they'll be okay, and they'll say, I'm going to take you at your word at that. Most mm-hmm. people would say, well, no, I want you down here, you know, get in your donkey and come <laughs> down here and let's assess the situation. But if we could just take that out of the man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time, so he had to run a little investigation, mm-hmm. which is okay because yeah. we doubt. He took him out his word, but he was like, no, what time did he yeah, start? When did, when did he actually? Because that's what we do, right? We, his we fever question. left him yeah. yesterday at, uh, he said, he said. <laughs> fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he, uh-oh, and his whole house believed. Inclu- this was including the, the kid that survived. This was the second so a miraculous little, sign he did Here's an Galilee. interesting little offshoot to that. I was listening to Governor Cuomo, the New York governor, and he he listed four qualities about New Yorkers. And I wrote them down right quick. He said New Yorkers are frustrated, they are anxious, they are scared, and you know he has a way of delivery and he was really stressing each point. Mm-hmm. My New Yorkers I'm looking after, I'm the governor of New York and I've just observed But, but that's three. Yeah, I, I've observed. Yeah, I get to it. Oh. I've observed my my people here. They are frustrated. They are anxious. They are scared, and they are angry. Well, I jotted that down right quick, and I said, "That's not saying too much. That that that's an understatement for people who are undergoing a pandemic, which can kill you." So, yeah, that's not a positive. No, he said. Uh, he said, "Here's what I've noticed: they're frustrated, they're anxious, they're scared, they're angry." Well, as soon as he said that, I thought to myself, "I said, but what about the ones though who have their faith in Jesus, and they understand that the righteous, as the psalmist said, the righteous even wins even at death. Death won't separate you from the love of God. Mm-hmm. What about those?" But he just conveniently had missed the point that, look, it's a pandemic. It will kill people. People get sick. 
Your best insurance policy, I don't care what anybody says, your best insurance policy is that when these things come by, and they have come by, and they've come by, and they've come by, and by now we ought to say, you know, we might ought to get used to these pandemics from time to time because they seem to show up the entire time I've lived on planet Earth when I'm 74 years old almost. So you look at that, Al, and you say, the only the only uh, peaceful way of looking at that, you say, what about the ones who are still have their faith and they still are helping each other and they're reasonably joyful in spite of it all and they're still at peace with God and each other and they're, they're patient, they're kind, mm-hmm. they're, they're faithful, they're gentle, they're exercising self-control in spite of it all. I just wanted to, I said, I wish I could just talk to him and say, man, it's not all New Yorkers. A lot of people. The people of faith, you'll be surprised on how they're taking this. Well, and you're right, and it's interesting because from my observation of what few times I've been around town, when I see people and observe their behavior and they're, you know, getting some groceries or whatever, you know, how I'm interacting with them, they're just what you said. They're peaceful. They're patient. Um, they're very kind to each other. And I, I've noticed a lot of generosity to like people, you know, yep. tipping bigger because they're delivering food. In to fact, Al, I've seen more of it during the pandemic right. than I did the last 40 years. My observations have been very positive about people's reaction. I'm well, not saying but, that everybody. You know, no, sure I mean, I think he's right. There is something. I think James says something about this when he says, if any of you should lack wisdom he should ask god who gives generously to all without finding fault because there is a certain amount of wondering what to do and how to make wise decisions and throughout this whole process you know later on he said blessed is the man who perseveres under trial this is verse 12 because when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life but then he gets to about chapter three and he breaks that wisdom down into two categories you know, in verse 13 through 16, he says, Wisdom that is filled with bitter envy and selfish ambition uh, and boastful things, that wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. And where you find envy, selfish ambition, there, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Then he has the other category, which is the wisdom that comes from heaven, which is my point if you're in any kind of trial, it is possible to have these qualities when you're in Jesus, and he lists them. It's pure, it's peace-loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, it's full of mercy, there's good fruit, it's impartial, and it's sincere. Now hold your point right there. Hang on, hang on, Dad. Wouldn't that? Hang on, let's take a quick break. And Jace, after you listed those, yeah. wouldn't it have been something that if the governor of New York had said, I've, I've watched my people, and instead of him saying, and this is what he said, they are frustrated, anxious, scared, and angry. Wouldn't it have been something if he had said, you know, I've looked at my people, and he had listed what you just said. Yeah. Well, because think about hit, the health care workers. They, they were what? They were pure and what else was Yeah, it? I was going to say them again because think about the health workers and those people who, and, and I think they said 80 or 90 uh, 
members of the police force had died from the coronavirus right. from yep. helping people. But look, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, which just the results. Now look, he's speaking. But I like these next two. Impartial. Yep. You know, because people that are coming in, no, I, I thought about that. Is it? Is it the president's and, it, and the healthcare workers? Think about it, though. Whoever comes in that door, they're helping. Yeah, they're putting their life yeah. on the line. They don't care where you're from, what color you are. That's right. And and sincere. So I think there's a lot of people who step up with godly qualities. But if you want to make the world a better place, and your community a better place, and your house a better place, if you have those qualities rather than selfish ambition. Bitter envy and boastful sayings, you're, you're going to be way better off. I mean, I it's just, hard to put I was those thinking, into practice. Governor, I was thinking, Governor, I just wish you had been able to say, I viewed my people after this during this pandemic, and I wish they were like, and I wish they had said, but I've noticed something, and I wish he had listed the quality. Just think about national television, how that would have affected the nation. Instead of what he said, frustrated, yeah. anxious, scared, and angry, people say, yeah, what in the world? You say, Which is true. There's some of them were like that. But I'm sure most are. You make a blanket the statement. Jesus- and his in, in his defense, it is a crisis situation, and he keeps coming out there talking, and he hadn't been within six feet of anybody who's telling him, why not be a little more positive? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because people are dying, and you're not taking that lightly, and it makes you angry, which is – you know that that's why it us, just struck me we were in a sad state of affairs. Right. Well, well, when when you don't have Jesus, when you don't have that miracle worker, and you don't have the assurance, well, what else is there to do besides be frustrated and angry and anxious? You are correct, my man. Well, and I think that's the difference in sort of the groupthink mentality of looking at a painting New York with such a broad brush, yep. like you described. But this was their own governor well, talking. Well, I think that's the back to the story. I think that's yeah. the idea of the guy. Like, you know, Jesus is obviously, I think Jay's tapped into it. He's, he, there's a frustration there. He's right at the beginning point of his ministry to try to convince him he's the son of God. And constantly it's, you know, who gives you authority? Who do you think you are? We need more miracles. We, you know, and he had only done the one thing with the water to wine. So that's a pretty frustrating answer. He gives back to this guy who was really just longing for the health of his child. So sure. when he, so look, when the guy comes back and says, please just, just come down before my child dies. I mean, I think that touched Jesus in the moment that it was like, he saw right then this guy, you know, has the potential as an individual. And I think that's the difference. It's always about returning to having a relationship with Christ because then you don't have to be fearful and angry. And We're big. surrounded, ladies and gentlemen, with a situation no different than 2,000 years ago. Jews demand miraculous signs, and, and they really did, and Greeks look for wisdom. We preach Christ and him crucified, raised from the dead. So you look at it and you say, you know, you, you look at it. Things have not changed, Al. Right. Now we have the experts, all the, the, the bringing all the wise together, and we'll make the final call on the way you live your life and how you what you ought to believe. We'll take care of everything. Uh, these Gentiles, they're into wisdom big time, Al. Yeah. And, and kind of a nanny state mentality, yep. too. Let's take uh, one last break. So when you look at this and you're seeing, I think to Jace's point, is that Jesus never said he came here 
to cure all diseases. He didn't come here to take away everybody's pain. He didn't come here to save everybody's children. I mean, we read these stories in the in the book of John. The point of why he said he came here is so that you would know he came here to save your soul and so you could have eternal life and not be bound by sin. And so all these stories we tell when they're linked to where it's a miracle, a healing, something else, that's where it gets kind of murky for people. Because, you know, this when you well, get these things saying, how well. Many, how many times have you gone to a church service and, like, the guy gets up and is like, who's ready for a miracle? You know, everybody goes crazy. And I, I want to say, Jesus is better than a miracle. <laughs> we have it. It's better. That's right. I mean, Am I wrong? There? No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I want to say this. If God, the parents, if, all the parents out there that have lost their children early, and they say, why would God do this? They just have to stop a minute and say, wait a minute. I'm going to be re- reunited with that child. Yeah, That child is not dead. Mm-hmm. His body's asleep, but his soul and spirit or her soul and spirit are alive. You'll see him again. Just calm down. Right. Let let God work. Something. Yeah, that's where I came up with a. I didn't read this out of a book, but we've spent so many time in hospital rooms and kids that have died, and it's just tough situations. And we found ourselves in hundreds of those, yep. and so you don't know what to say. And people, when they're in distress and they're upset, they ask you very difficult questions, you know, because they're looking for answers, and and so. You know, one thing, I don't know, maybe the Lord put this on my heart or I don't know where I came up with it, but I I remember having the conversations of there's cycles in life where we always look at people as lost or saved. But some there's another category that we don't address, and I I labeled it safe. You know, Mm -hmm. a kid is safe. That's right. They don't understand the consequences of sin and that's why i know we're all created in the image of god now i know there's other religions that teach you know you're born into sin but i just read galatians five nineteen where it says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious and i go down that list and when i look at a one day old baby i'm thinking that's not obvious they're they're not doing any of those things and i i get where the concept comes from but you have safe and you have people that are lost when they get old enough to turn and there's no doubt about that and god you know it's like he doesn't know you know you're never gonna outwit god and then you have saved you know the saved and the safe they're they're good and so in an effort to try to bring some people some some comfort i've noticed that that really had a positive impact on people Mm because they're like i don't know just the word safe i'm like trust me they are safe Yep. Now, I'm not sure what's going on, but I know it's safe. That's right. And it seems to bring people some some joy. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, Paul said in Romans 7, I mean, once, you know, I was alive apart from law, and then sin sprung forward into my life. Yeah. And then it, so it's. That's a really good verse. There's that, obviously I think a time. It's frame. Romans 7 9. Right. It, yep. It's a hard verse for people to wrap their I, I've used it in discussions. Where there is no sin. Where there is no law, right. sin is dead. So you don't understand. But he it said, if "Once I was alive apart from law. Well, how could you be alive apart from law? That's right. You didn't know what the law said. You were safe. You were safe. Safe. You weren't held responsible for breaking the law. Yep. But having said all that, I will say this: If God wants to do a miracle, who am I to say 
No. You know? So, but all I was saying is the semantics of it. I believe God works supernaturally and providentially in life every day, every second. There's, he's working. He's pursuing. What some people call a miracle is a kind of a different angle of which God works. And I'm saying in the context of miracles, and this is a good example, Jesus was frustrated about that question, about the idea of you just wanting a miracle rather than recognizing him as the son of God. That What is the greater thrust in his mind? You pick it up as you read over and over. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're going to see it in John 6. Remember when he fed them and they're following him around? He's like, you're not following me even because of the miracle. You you're remember. following me because that fish was good and the bread. You want some more bread and <laughs> you fish. you got to remember at the end of it all, and it didn't stop there. When it came down to three days after they killed him and, he, and they look up and he's standing there, it just passed, we remember it, Easter Sunday, the resurrection, and you're like, good night. That's him saying, uh, so you won't miss it, I am the miracle. Right. Yeah. Um, they just killed me and I'm standing here. Well, you I get frustrated saying? with people who attack our faith, people that don't believe in Jesus, and they're like, well, the only reason you believe in all this stuff is because you need a crutch to help you get over being angry and anxious. And so they tend to think it's just something that we came up with from a fairy tale book to help us overcome our fear and anger. But what I've noticed is, is when a crisis happens, you can justify how I'm acting however you want. They're like, well, you've come up with a Bible story that's helping you get through yeah, it. But I mean, I've just noticed they're way more in panic what mode they forget than I am. is when the jet is flying along at 20,000 feet and they blow both engines and they're gone, and now we're headed straight down to the earth. Trust me when I tell you, everybody gets religious at that point. Yeah. Well, I've been when on the jet one of those. Is, and everybody the jet got is religious. going toward the ground, and you're saying, I just saw the wings get blown off this thing for whatever reason. Everybody gets – you know what they say? God, help me, help us. All we're saying is, why don't you do it on the front end and be prepared when the day of death comes because we all die, Jace. It's just a question of when. Well, I'm back to your original thing. Then that keeps you from being fearful and angry and bitter that's and right. Frustrated. That's right. So, just to give a little preview as we wrap up uh, today. So, we talked about water to wine and then healing this guy's son. In both cases, Jesus, these are the first two miracles according to John. John basically zeroes in on seven miracles, seven signs, he calls them. And those are the first two. Both of those, Jesus showed the power of God by just speaking things, or even in this case, thinking things, and then they happen. I mean, you know, what was how many gallons was it? 180 gallons of water turned into really, really good wine. That was the first one. And look, in these first two are kind of under the radar, like not many people knew what happened. In this case, the only person that knows about in terms of the context here is the guy and the guy's servants and the kid. Yeah, we don't see anybody else really knowing what happened. No. So but it should move you that the first one just seems. Randomly weird. I mean, he didn't need a big crowd or watch this or no. So that was what makes it even more believable to me is the idea he had the power to do it. I love it because it's like the first one made the religious people mad because here's Jesus at a party making wine. And then this one, he helps a kid. 
Right. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm like, how, how do you not like this? And he, uh, and he kind of chews the guy out first. Like, oh, here we go again. With you got to have a sign. So the next next time we get back into John five, uh, when we come back to this uh, to this context, is really kind of the first one he does on a bigger scale, and it's a really cool one. And that's a guy to pull. So we'll talk about him next time. But I want to kind of set you up for that. And then we'll talk about the rest of the signs. But remember, Jay started it off. It always leads back to Jesus. It's always back to him, which is what the book of John. That's why we wanted to teach John and talk about John in this podcast. And it's it's just kingdom living, you know. I mean, we're trying for folks to put this into practice every single day. So we appreciate you guys being a part of Unashamed Nation. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.